Hi there and good evening everyone. Uh, welcome to also to Howard and Tom back in podcast mode with Tom having returned from the family's trip to Cornwall. What about you, Howard? Any travelling done within these restrictions? Very exciting. I went, the, I went to the West End this afternoon, which is the first time in a year. So. Well done. Well, is there anything you can own up to, Howard, like massage parlours, the fact that Viv's not there? Anything you want to let us into while she's sure. away? Sure. Um, you, you tell me what you want and we'll source it out. So we took the chance uh, to visit Devon ourselves to have my regular heart checkup. All good. And, and yeah, so far so good. And at the same time, having our haircuts, that's me and Kim I'm talking about, uh, on the visit with teeth, teeth checks too, uh, before driving back home. Okay, so people who know me know how important it is for me to have haircuts. I'm feeling much lighter and less muggy in my thinking or muzzy. And I just hope that people will at last stop calling me Boris. Um, on to other things. My book is still selling, which is a good job as my grand national choices are still running. Uh, very well done to the Irish lady jockey making history as the first lady to finish the winner of that prestigious event in the horse racing calendar. Not only have we got um, world trimmed, but also, and I don't know if this interests anyone out there, but it interests me, our magnificent yew tree in the downsized garden of our new house. This tree is at least 200 years old and is in wonderful condition and needs good care taken of it to be around hopefully for another 200 or more years time. You kind listeners are always sending me interesting tidbits of past history. And a few days ago, I got a photo of me against Sunderland on my debut in 1969. And the angle, and I stress the angle of the photo, suggests that as well as tackling my opponent, it also looks like I'm punching him with my left hand and clenching my right fist to be used if necessary to finish him off. So with that photo from a magazine came the question, was the esteemed Mr. Perryman a lover or a fighter? Ah, I forgot. This photo was accompanied by a second photo with a young 17-year-old Steve Perryman crowning the 1969 Miss Tottenham Hotspur. So remember the question. A lover, was he a lover or a fighter? My answer was after consulting with Kim, 
and I sent this reply back, a lover, yes. But one who stood his corner and wouldn't or didn't bend his knee to anyone. I'm one who thinks, and I think this has got some relation to what we're going to come on to later. I'm one who thinks that if someone gets away with taking a liberty with you or yours, on or off the pitch, they'll come back for more. So you might as well get it sorted there and then. So, um, Howard, welcome. Um, we'll leave the uh, massage parlors out for a little while and uh, give us the benefit of your wisdom, please. And uh, I think that's going to lead us on to some type of discussion. Good. Thanks, Steve. You're looking really smart with that wonderful haircut. Thank you very much. Not as good as the yew tree. I'll have to take your word for that. <laughs> so I'm going back to a match against Everton just four years ago. This was on 23rd of December 2018. The game took place three days before Christmas. And looking back to this team, possibly this was the peak of the Pochettino era. First, let's look at the match. Everton scored first via Walcott on 21 minutes, 1-0. Son equalised on 27, 1-0. Alley on 36, 2-1. Kane on 42, 4-1, 3-1 rather. Eriksson 48, 4-1. Sigurdsson 51 minutes, 4-2. Son 5-2 and Kane 6-2. Now look at the team that started that game. Lloris, still there but not as good as he was and never shows his alleged quality as a skipper. Trippier. We sold Walker to City for a lot of money, but Trippier was never as good as Walker, and we still haven't found a decent right-back. Also, we should do our very best not to sell our best players to English Premier League teams. Davis. Solid player, but if we are to be a serious team, we need a better left-back. Regulon is great going forward, but questionable defending. He may also return to Madrid at the end of the season, as there is a buyback clause. Toby, a good solid player with loads of experience, but no long-term future. Since the end of the Vertonghen Toby era, we've not found a single centre-back good enough to play at a top club like we're supposed to be. Rondon is possible. Dyer and Sanchez, I regret not. Defensive midfield, we have Winks and Sissoko. We now also have Hoybier. He's a good player, but he's, doing, he's having to do an almost an enormous amount of work to cover the centre-backs. Sistoko is still around as his Winks. Winks started out as a good midfield player and a very nice boy. He got into the England team. In the Jose era, he has lost confidence and there is talk of him leaving. I think that would be a shame. Jose is usually at a club for three years and I feel that this is why he doesn't seem interested in the younger players. And maybe this is why the likes of Winks and Delhi have struggled. Attacking midfield, Ericsson, Deli and Son. Ericsson left, played it all correctly. And we've tried Celso and, and, and Dombele, but not found anyone who imposes himself in these positions. Kane, great player who I sadly believe will leave, even to another English team, which would be clear signal that we are a selling club and our dreams of glory will be gone. Now, how many of the rest of our squad would get into a top six club? Not many. What went wrong? At the beginning of this season, a forensic, a forensic accountant and Spurs fan studied the club's finances and concluded that the current setup was great for the owners, Enoch and Daniel Levy, but not for the fans. 
to take the team to a new level would reduce the value of THFC. In other words, they'd be spending a lot of big money, money, big money players to win the league or whatever, win whatever we could. But whilst it would increase turnover, it wouldn't increase efficiently to make it worthwhile for Enoch. Interesting. If you're sceptical, you may wonder what is happening has happened since the arrival of Jose. He clearly had a fantastic career, but it all seems behind him now. Some of us complain about the standard of football, but to be honest, the players don't look like they know what they're supposed to be doing anyway. Chelsea had done okay this season. Abramovich is very well informed, so he stepped forward, sacked Lampard, an old friend, and brought in Tupac immediately. They're now in the top four, in the semi-final of the FA Cup, in the semi-final of the Champions League. We're in the final of the Caribou Cup and no chance of finishing in the top four. And we may well end up not in any European competition at all next season. Therefore, the ability to attract players will be significantly reduced. Gentlemen, over to you. Thank you, Howard. Very, very well said. Um, I think it needs also to be stated that the three of us, from all our different directions, love this club we're talking about. So we're not going to be critical for the sake of it. We're trying to look at the the facts of it. And I suppose there's a little bit of guesswork in amongst what's going to come next. But um, but some of this stuff sort of needs addressing. Um, Tom, have you got some some opinion so far? As per what Howard just said. Yeah, um, I mean, 2018 was was a good year for for Tottenham against Everton. We beat them four 0 at Wembley in January at the beginning of the year in a really that. a peak a peak Pochettino performance. Um, Ericsson scored what what was my favourite goal of the season. Just a great team goal made up of about five thousand passes uh, involving every member of the team, but not um, backwards. Not backwards. Uh, everything was uh, was going in the right direction that day. Um, and then obviously we beat them 6-2 as Howard's just described in December however I mean if you'd have if if you'd have told me that day after we beat Everton 6-2 that Pochettino Pochettino Spurs would only ever win two more away games in the Premier League you'd be uh, struggling to believe it Uh, but that is indeed what happened we beat Cardiff 3-0 in the next away game Uh, we beat Fulham 2-1 in the very last minute in the in, in an away game shortly after that, um, after that the uh, the only remaining away victories were in the uh, Champions League, which isn't a bad place to get them, of course. And sure, uh, what a great sure. run that was! But certainly the uh, the Premier League, um, we we started seeing a downturn not long after that Everton game. It was a lot of people pinpoint the Burnley game uh, where we lost two one, uh, which was notable for a confrontation at the end between Pochettino and and Mike Dean. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really seen Pochettino lose his cool in the way that it looked like he did on that on that day. And I think a lot of us are still dying to know what was said in um, in, in that conversation. But what's interesting as well, I think, is that uh, the beginning, yeah, the beginning of the 2018-2019 season, we started it well. Um, and I think a lot of us were were kind of feeling pretty confident we'd beaten Man United 3-0 at Old Trafford we'd, we'd won a few at Wembley things were looking good and then um, Pochettino actually came out with a quote on the, on the 28th of October 29th of October 2018 where he said uh, uh, something along well and I quote he said it's strange my feeling is the worst feeling I've had in the five years I've been here um, 
he's, he pointed out that we're not showing yet. Yeah, we, we, we we're doing well, but we still haven't won anything. Uh, whenever we arrive at a final game, we always fail. It's about learning to compete. Uh, I prefer to think we'll learn more. We need more time to improve as a team. We have some quality. We cannot cross this level. We're not showing that level to be a real contender. That is my opinion. And he said that while things were going well. So it was like he he clearly felt that um, more needed to be done, uh, that things weren't set up for future success at that point. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, there were there were some. We still had some wonderful games after that. After after he said that, and there were times where it really did look like uh, we were still going in the right direction. But clearly, at that time, he the warning bells were were being rang uh, at that time. And uh, yeah, after that Everton game, we we never really played convincingly away from home in the Premier League um, again, again. After that, under Pochettino, which was. Um, very hard to believe after after seeing such a consummate performance as we did on that day. Yeah, thank you, Tom. I've got friends who believe that um, when there was a sort of a line after Poch wrote a book, he very kindly gave me a book on one of my rare visits to the training ground, which I'm, I thank him for. I've not actually read it. I think I've maybe said before that my legs ache when I read books, but um, I'm going to try and get over that one now and, and see if there's any clues in it. I think my friends were making the comment that that he'd let a bit too much out of, of you know, sort of personal details of players' games and stuff. So whether that had some type of effect as per how the players felt back towards uh, Poch, I, I don't know. Um, so I, I like to talk about things that I understand and Howard's mentioned a bit about finances and stuff. And I'd like to think that people just, you know, owners have got a responsibility that they want to, you know, spend whatever's necessary within their means to get as much success as possible. Um I, I I don't know that I could think in a different way as as per that, but of course I don't understand high finance either. Um, but what I do understand is on the pitch, and I think that people believe these days that we lack leadership on the pitch, and I I really wouldn't disagree with that, although I've never been in their changing room and have no right to be in there. Um, and I don't know the, the the way that the players all react to each other and stuff. But so purely from what I'm watching on the field of play, um, just a couple of clues I, I want to try and give you. Um, I don't like players who shout and scream and appeal to officials and yet don't seem to give their teammates warnings that they can turn as a man on. Come on, chat. Hey, are we going to get started here or what? And I'm, of course, I'm relating back to my own experiences with regard to trying to lead a team. And, and there is two different ways to lead a team. Mine was as a captain type wanting to try and please the crowd. I, I think I understood what the crowd wanted out of a performance. They wanted effort. They wanted tempo. They wanted desire. They wanted you to earn your money. 
Um, and then there's a leadership in play. I know mine was during play, but the leaders in play, in my opinion, are people like Glenn Hoddle, Ozzy Ardiles, Mickey Hazard, in a way, when those type of players I just mentioned weren't playing, Mickey actually took the role of being the leader of our type of play, our passing game or our, you know, wh whatever it is. I mean, I can't believe that Mickey ever dictated that we pressed. <laughs> I don't think Mickey understood what the word meant. But um, he had control of the ball and he could control the way that our team played, similar to Glenn and and, and, and Ozzy, for instance. So, you know, you could say there's a bit of that lacking at the minute. There's definitely voice missing on the pitch. And it comes back to where a captain should be. Should it be at the front or the back or the middle? And Hoivier looks to me a captain's type. That's what it looks like to me. Could be wrong, but that's what it looks like. I think that Hoivier, as good a player as he is, is soon going to run out of legs and energy. And actually, to be captain, you need energy. You expend energy when you are thinking about other people's games. You're team-orientated, not self-orientated. And uh, I, I ask you all to think about the, the other teams in the Premier League, for instance, and how many of the captains could you name? So therefore, I'm talking about a current situation of not being team-orientated players who could be captain. You want someone to toss the coin? Yes. You want someone to say, well done, chaps, at the end of the game? Yes, of course, we can all do that. But is there someone that wants to get the team by the scruff of the neck and dictate that this is not good enough? So... I learned my, my, I was led into captaincy at 10 years of age by my brother. I've been all for it before. It's no good waiting till someone's 27, 28 and deciding that this is how to be a captain. No, you learn your voice. You learn your voice when you're growing up about how much effect your voice can have on players. And basically, just to recap, basically you have voice because Players have not got eyes in the back of their head. I sometimes thought Glenn Hoddle did. But do you know what? I still told him what I think he could do with the ball, even if he ignored me, even if he went a different direction. Complete, uh, Tony Galvin's on. Tony Galvin's on. And Glenn might look, turn around, and play the other side. Fine. Because he was that good to be able to do it. But I still think... Players need an opinion from behind because you're now spectating what could be done with the ball, what should be done with the ball or a warning about what might happen next. So, so that's something that I think is lacking. Um, Howard mentioned about various positions not been, been, been added to. I think the centre-back one is interesting. And again, I don't want to be... Um, uh, critical for the sake of it. But if Eric wants to play centre-back, but having had the experience of being a central defensive midfield player, he should have more control of the ball than anyone else in the back line. 
and therefore can create the, the tempo that you need to be a successful team. I dislike players who pass back to the goalkeeper too readily. It takes the tempo out of your team. If you're a centre midfield player playing at the back and an international player, I suggest you could take more initiative, more responsibility with the ball and therefore don't keep forcing it on um, Sanchez, for instance, who's obviously not as good as Eric on the ball. Obviously not. And let's go back to a bit of Brian Clough um, common sense. AU, you're six foot four, stroke five, Ed the ball. Your job is to Ed the ball. Well, yes, it is. So let him, that, that him be his main job, not passing it to the right back and then getting it back and passing it to Eric and, and getting it back and, and then eventually hitting the long ball. No, no. Do what you're supposed to do and almost give the responsibility to someone else. But you take responsibility when the ball's in the air because you have got to go and win it. And everyone else works off the back of your positiveness to attack the ball. So tempo is, is something that I really believe in. Um, you could say from afar, well, your team, the Dozzy, they, they were no good. That's why you got the sack after 18 months. Well, I'm telling you, we went and were extremely positive and had tempo in Japan and won everything there was to win. And actually some people, I think some good judges think that the tempo we played at, okay, not good enough defensively. I, I understand that, but the tempo we played at was exciting to watch. And, you know, it was, it was a mentality that said, if we're two one up, do you know what? We want to be three one up. So let's not go back and defend. Let's not go back deeper and deeper and deeper and encourage them onto us. Let's keep going for them. They're obviously going to attack us. And, you know, the best, two best bits of tempo I've seen in Tottenham Hotspur, one was the, the ball boy that threw the ball in yeah. quickly, quickly, because he sensed opportunity. And we, we ended up scoring from it. But I'd still say it if we didn't score from that. And the other one was away at Man United, foul, touch the ball, Harry, play through for Son, who scored. Okay, both positive situations that ended up attacking their goal. You can do that from centre-back, not to score a goal, but to set off the play positively so you're in that right frame of mind. The goalkeeper can do it. Do you want to take forever to take a free kick when they've been offside? Or do you want to get it down and play? I have a big problem with referees who allow at least 10 yards difference between where the ball goes out of play and where it's eventually thrown in. And yet in centre midfield, where tempo should be encouraged for the entertainment value of the game, they stop it if it's not right on the spot. If it's a yard either way, they stop the play. Therefore, I'm upset with the referee. I don't want to be upset with us who are stopping our tempo. So let's get the tempo back. 
Let's get some voices. If it's not out and out leaders that I expect, perhaps from a different era, that would be too much to expect, but voices to each other in play. And that's how I see it at the moment. There are two things that I understand. Playing with tempo, getting on with it, and leading each other. Not necessarily a captain, but lead each other. Please. Anything else, chaps? Have I taken the wind out of yourselves there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, if there's not, I want to just thank you for being part of this. I repeat, it's not being critical for the sake of it. It's being trying to advise because from all our different angles, because of we love this club. And I hated the feeling after, after the last Man United game. And But you know what? That's not a one-off this season, is it? No, I, you, you hate the feeling that, that you, you, your team hasn't sort of competed as such. So... You know, what influence Jose is managing a football team is hard enough, trust me, without people like us criticizing. Yeah. So let's leave it to Jose to, to try and integrate what he feels is right. And of course, it does take time. Perhaps he's, he's halfway to what he wants. He, perhaps he hasn't got the players that he wants. But, um, but yeah. So um, to finish off, I'm going to drop a few names, if you don't mind. Uh, read the next podcast or the ones coming up in the future. Uh, Matt Letizier is going to be with us uh, on Monday with regard to the Southampton game on Wednesday. Um, I was asked to do a podcast with him, so I'm going to do it, of course, but we're both going to use it for our own purposes. And this podcast um, is being led by a chap called Michael Channon. You might recall Mickey that Shannon. name. Yep. So it's Mickey Channon's son. Him and some friends have started a, a podcast. And um, they want to talk about the young chap and looking at uh, a big moment in their supporting career. And it's Matt Letizier being a Spurs supporter looking at the 81 Cup final and 82 Cup final because he was there as a Spurs supporter with a scarf around his neck shouting for, for the Tottenham Hotspur boys. So I think that'll make an interesting um, podcast, uh, albeit it'll be some mentions of Cup finals that you know all about anyway. But, you know, let's talk about his reactions to when we were 2-1 down, etc. And... Um, and also, I've read today that uh, Matt Letizier has come out with a, a quote that he thinks that Harry is maybe thinking that he'll be better off at Tottenham Hotspur, where he's loved, and happier to stay there, unlike the rest of the media that is, you know, yeah. talking him out straight away. And, um, and actually, he stayed at the club where he loved. And I stayed at the club where I loved. So, you know, maybe, maybe we could be two sort of influences on, on Harry um, uh, for future. So um, 
The other one is uh, John H. Tracy. I'm going to um, have him on the podcast in a, in a few weeks. Spurs supporter again. And I was talking to him this week, and I'm going to leave you with a story. He reminded me of um, an old-time boxer called Terry Downs. I expect the older ones amongst you would remember him. I think he was a British middleweight champion, Terry Downs from Paddington, I think. And a young Steve Perriman, 17 years of age, goes to a school in Paddington, actually, uh, to help present uh, certificates at this school assembly. And Terry Downs is with me. That's great. I, you know, I, I love Terry Downs. And Terry being more experienced, I think he might have even been in uh, retirement at that point, but only just. He took a, along a lot of small photographs that he handed out to the kids so they could get autographs after. And um, there's a queue formed and uh, one little girl about six back in the queue dropped this picture of Terry Downs in the fight impose. And it fell on the floor, but it turned up. So Terry was in effect looking at us from the floor. And Terry stopped signing what he was doing. And he looked down and he said to the little girl, count to seven, love, he'll get up. <laughs> Which I thought was fantastic. So I'm um, going to leave you with that one. A um, couple of uh, Letitia points. Please. I think, I'm sure I'll be in the book and they'll talk about it, but Irving Scholar bought him. And before the papers were processed, for whatever reason, Letitia changed his mind. And he says that he was very grateful to Irving Scholar, who said, I'll tear this contract up. You're, you, if you don't want to come, that's fine. Is that right? Well, maybe. We're going to speak to him about that one, Howard. And the other sure. one was uh, that during the time of Saint and Greavesy, Mickey Shannon, that was playing for England and everything at the time, and Greavesy said, These people can't find Letizia. No, can't find, can't find Letizia. Because they're not looking under looking under W. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm not sure I'm going to ask him about that one. Howard, thank you very much for your uh, input again, as ever. And Tom, thanks for you know being with us after your long journey back from from Cornwall. I'm delighted to be on the television now with my hair being cut um, as grey as ever, of course. But um, you can't have it all, can you? Um, remember Steve Perriman is a lover not a fighter but if you want to fight me bring it on Terry Downs led me to that okay chaps thanks very much and thanks, uh, Hold on. yeah come on you Spurs for the next game against Everton hope, hope we get a good performance yep. bye chaps mm -hmm.